Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Sean Bono. Good morning, everybody. Happy fall, or beginning of fall, I should say. I know it's not the first day of fall yet, but when school starts and life groups begin, to me, that's fall. I'm Sean Bono. I have the honor and pleasure of being the life group director here at CCC, where I can support and assist the life group leaders that we have here at the church. And we have an amazing group of individuals that lead our life groups here. And I just want to take a moment and brag about them, if that's okay with you guys. Uh, You know, this amazing team, they have been just wonderfully striving for the kingdom of God. And some of the leaders here have been leaders for years. And some of them open up their homes. They prayerfully craft content for their groups. Some of them develop, like, uh, uh, they they make food or meals. And in other words, they share their lives with their groups. And for that, we're just tremendously blessed to have them as leaders for our ministry. So I just want to give them a little love. So if if you've been a life group leader uh, this semester or in the past, if you'd be so kind to just stand up, we'd love to give you a little bit of love. Can we just give them a round of applause, please? And for those online as well, thank you. We appreciate all that you have done and are doing. You know, it's funny, at the start of the spring semester earlier this year in January, Uh, we had our semesterly meeting with the life group leaders and the leadership decided to slip in an introduction of this strange new phenomenon called virtual groups that were starting. And we uh, decided to see if it would be okay to to, to, to present the idea to the life groups. Um, And especially if the weather was bad on a certain night, it offered a different option for groups to meet. Well, we presented how it was done and different options like Google groups or... or, or, uh, uh, or Zoom or whatnot. And at the end of it, I asked, hey, are there any leaders that are interested in perhaps doing a meeting with their life groups online this semester? And nobody raised their hand. And I'm not giving them a hard time. We had no idea what was coming in, in the coming months, right? Then, and, uh, but at the same time, our life group leaders were absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal in transitioning into virtual groups when the COVID lockdowns began. Uh, So I just want to say thank you so very much. They're trailblazers in many ways. They just seamlessly transitioned right into Zoom meetings when they were able to. And so that's this uh, new buzz phrase that we're uh, hearing right now is this new normal that we're hearing a lot of, right, is how to experience things in a new way or how to look at things in a new way, the perspective. And, And this really applies to our life groups as well where we're living in a new day and age, where we have to look at things in a different perspective than we've seen before. So today's discussion is going to help in understanding where we're at, where we can go, and where the Lord, why the Lord is encouraging us to continue growing our life group ministry in that direction. And to help us with that, I'd like to look at the emerging church as it was described in the book of Acts. Now, Acts is one of our best sources in understanding where the church was growing uh, in the first century and how the new believers practiced their newfound faith in Christ. If we did a quick read through the book of Acts, we can note there are certain milestone markers throughout the entire book that show how fast the church was growing during that time. 
And we're going to have some slides up here to show uh, those bullet points. So we'll just rapid fire these, these verses here. Acts 1 and 15, there was 120 believers. Acts 2, 41, 3,000 were added to the church that day. Acts 2.47, the Lord added daily those being saved. Acts 4 and 4, the number of men grew to 5,000. Now, of course, this number doesn't include women and children, so it's actually greater than that. Acts 5 and 14, more and more believed and a multitude was added. Acts 6.1, the number of disciples rapidly multiplied. Love that word, multiplied. Acts 6.7, the number of believers increased rapidly. And Acts 21.20, thousands have become believers. Amazing to see that growth through the book of Acts. And it was, it was growing so quick that in, in Acts 5.28, the high priest accuses Peter and the apostles for filling all of Jerusalem with their teachings. But how did the church grow so quick during the season? Especially consider the fact they didn't have text messages and social media, right, or Evite that we have today to tell people about services and and events. Well, I think to explain the cause of what was happening here, we can look at the blueprints of the church as we see it in Acts chapter 2, especially verse Acts 2, 46. And we'll read that here. And that verse says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Now, it's important to note and pause here for, the, for these two activities that the church was doing here in this verse. Not only did they come together for the larger temple court gatherings, right, that's like Sunday service, but they also gave equal importance to the house-to-house meetings, or another way of saying it, life groups. And from what we're seeing here in Scripture, the foundation of the Lord's church incorporated both of these activities and neither the two were given more weight than the other. It's true that if one of them is given more preference than the other, there's this sort of imbalance that occurs, right? If you have uh, too much of a preference towards temple courts, well, then you're not valuing relationship. But if you give too much value to relationship, you're not valuing uh, teaching and instruction, right? Both are necessary. Both make the faith of Christianity tangible, actionable, intentional, and that it makes progress in the pursuit of the kingdom of God when you have both of them combined. So what does this mean for CCC? Well, the good news is I don't think we have an imbalance with these two things here at CCC. You know, if anything, we've, I'm, I'm honored and proud of the incredibly amazing group of life groups that we have because they do have that balance, right? They're, they're actually looking at the intentional spiritual growth, but they're really awesome at transformative relationships here at our church. So if anything, pointing out these things in this verse is actually a celebration of where we are. And also, too, at the same time, it's an opportunity for us to dream a little bit more and sort of imagine from our vantage point here today where the Lord is taking us in our future life group ministry. So for those that have been here at CCC for some time, you've probably heard me say uh, the vision of our life group ministry that how cool would it be is that instead of asking somebody, hey, are you a part of a life group? We instead ask, hey, what life group are you a part of? So sort of keeping this at the forefront of our minds to help us think about what would it look like if all members of the CCC community were part of a life group and connected in some way that every person is being covered by prayer by their life group leader or other fellow life group members. Well, how do we get there? Well, that, the how-to we get there, that 
is called the mission of our life group ministry. So you got this vision, right? This vision is this, this big idea, this big dream to capture of everybody being involved in life groups. And then the mission is the steps to get there. Well, the beautiful part about this mission and vision that I mentioned here is I think it ties directly into who we are at CCC as a church. If you remember, our goal here at CCC is to help every person become a fully devoted follower of Christ. And we do this and encourage this through our grace core values. And grace, when I say that word, I'm actually using it as an acronym. And so for those that remember it, um, we'll go through it really quick. Uh, So each letter stands for something, G-R-A-C-E. So G, God deserves to be first. Our relationships matter. A, acts of service. C, compassion for others. And E, everything belongs to God. Now, these are our core values here at CCC, and from time to time we go through these and we unpack these, and last year I spoke about the R part of this, right, the relationships part, and rightfully so, because life groups tend to have more of a relationship component to them. But today, I'd like to propose that CCC's entire list of core values is in fact the mission of our life group ministry. So recap, yeah, so the, the life group vision the life group ministry vision. Hopefully everybody can get a chance to be a part of a life group. Mission is all five of these elements that will help us in progressing more towards that dream of asking, hey, what life group are you a part of? So in other words, it's a more of a holistic approach rather than a compartmentalization. In other words, what I mean is that it's, it's almost like if we focus only on life groups, will that grow the life group ministry? Certainly, it will, it will have a little bit of pop, right? We're going to have some folks that register for life groups if we focus solely on life groups. Absolutely. But it's bigger than that. You know, it's kind of like uh, if you do a thousand sit-ups, um, you expect to get a, a six-pack like a, soup, like a really buff guy like myself does. And I know, I know it's really, it takes a lot of time to get it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's not just sit-ups to get that fit, healthy body, right? It's the whole package. It's everything that goes into it. It's kind of like our immune systems that we have, our physical immune systems. And, and just as we have a physical immune system with our bodies, you guys know that we have a spiritual immune system too, right? You know, where first it's important to recognize though that like an immune system, if we, if, it doesn't grow or get stronger if we do nothing every day, right? In order to grow our physical immune system, we've we got to get outside, we've got to exercise, we've got to eat healthy, we allow our bodies to fight off that, that seasonal common cold or occasional flu. And even though antibiotics that we can take, they can help us defeat a bug really quickly, too much dependence on antibiotics could impact our lives in sort of a bad way, right? They could, they could actually uh, destroy the good bacteria that we have in our body if we take too, the antibiotics too long. And then also, too, if we depend on antibiotics for too long, what we'll find is that our bodies will be unable to even effectively fight off even the smallest common cold because of that dependency on the antibiotics that were taken. It's almost like our physical immune systems get lazy in the process, and it's unable to fight the bugs that find their way into our bodies. Well, similar to the activities that help us in boosting our physical immune system, there's things that we can do to boost our spiritual immune system too. Things like spiritual disciplines, like reading scripture, engaging in prayer, attending Sunday service, worshiping the Lord, serving in the kingdom of God. And of course, joining a life group is another part of that as well. In other words, our grace core values. And if we stop doing these things for prolonged periods of time, we lose touch with Jesus and our relationship with him, but we also 
discover that we're unable to effectively walk through the challenges and spiritual struggles that will inevitably find their ways into our lives. Just as how a physical immune system that's lazy can be decimated by a common cold, a spiritual immune system that's lazy can be absolutely wrecked by an event that disrupts even the smallest things in our day-to-day lives. There's a wonderful sister in Christ here at CCC I know who uh, was once laid off from her corporate job. And what was remarkable was that she not only had the faith to believe and faith that the Lord was leading her to a better job, but she also praised the Lord through the entire thing. And she even witnessed to the executives who were laying her off. Incredible. But I also know another gentleman here at CCC where he found himself unemployed and the spiritual struggle that ensued absolutely wrecked him. And he was unable to even get out of bed and do some of the day-to-day tasks as well. But, you know, this isn't just pertaining to employment, right? This could be big life events. Uh, for example, birth of a new child or, you know, maybe a severe weather catastrophe, the loss of a loved one, uh, accumulation of projects at work or at home or at other things. Just as how our physical immune system is there to be like a first line of defense against those germs and those pollutants that our bodies come into contact with, our spiritual immune system is there to be a first line of defense against the spiritual struggles that we get. And just as we need exercise to eat right and, and sleep well to, to have that good physical immune system, likewise, we read scripture. We you know, engage in robust prayer life and find fellowship in the community of believers in a life group, among those other things that I had mentioned, in order to have a strong spiritual immune system. Now, when we have a strong spiritual immune system, we're able to see our lives in a more heavenly-centric sort of point of view where we can look and see what our calling is for the kingdom of God and how to bless others through the power of our testimony and our actions. I love how Pastor Chris unpacked 2 Timothy chapter 4 last week. And if I may, I'd like to piggyback a little bit off of where he was traveling uh, with his message last week. Uh, not about the part about Tychicus, which I thought was hilarious with the memorizing of that verse. That was an absolute riot. But, um, you know, and by the way, he actually, when he mentioned him, I never really looked up this individual. So I, it prompted me to, to sort of look him up in scripture. And I found that Tychicus had gone to uh, Ephesus and Colossae to be an encourager for the church in those few areas. But actually, I wanted to instead really hone in on one of the other verses he was mentioning, which is Second uh, Timothy 4 and 2. So um, we'll bring that back just briefly, and, and, and this is from the NRSV. It says, Proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. Now, it's saying here to proclaim the message persistently. And while this look, can look like street evangelism, or, or water cool evangelism, while it can look like lifestyle evangelism, it, proclaiming the message doesn't all the time have to be a one directional evangelism approach. Right? In fact, we believers need to be encouraged from time to time too, don't we? Just as how Tychicus was sent to Ephesians and Colossians to be a blessing to them and encourage them, we members of the body of Christ need to be uplifted and hear the message of grace and truth as well from time to time. Because it's not a matter of if we get into the challenges of our lives. It's a matter of when we experience those challenges in our lives. And life groups can help us be in communion with one another during those seasons, the good and the not so good. 
And when our life groups are built up in a manner that encourages one another, it becomes easier to invite non-believers into the community because we know that the people that we are with will take care of and love on the people that we invite into our life groups. I like how the NRSV words this verse where it says, be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. If we look at this verse through the lens of our, of our life group ministry here at CCC, this encourages us to not only be persistent in proclaiming the message to one another, but also to be in a life group, whether it's an unfavorable time or a favorable time, busy or not so busy. Like what Pastor Chris was alluding to a few weeks back with his, with his message two weeks ago about wanting revival, yet being hesitant about the cost of paying the cost of revival, that uh, you know, I don't know if you remember what he was saying, but how he mentioned that persecution leads to some of the greatest revival, but yet we don't want to experience persecution. One of the most influential authors to Ravi Zacharias' life was a guy named Leonard Ravenhill, who stated on the topic of revival that, quote, life begets life by its very nature. By the same token, inspired men and women inspire. Persecution leads to revival, but we don't want to experience persecution. Being in transformative community leads to revival, but we don't want to be in transformative community because we're too busy. But by golly, if that sports game is on, you better believe it. I'm going to sit down and watch every minute of that three-hour game, even though watching it doesn't impact the score at the end of the night, but I still need to watch every minute of that. In our 168 hours that we get every week, we will make time in our lives for whatever we have convinced ourselves to be a priority. It's not a matter of if life groups are essential. The question is, is do we understand and realize how essential life groups are for us? Being in a life group, it helps add purpose to our lives. You know, it's not easy to know how to get that purpose on our own. And being around others can help us in finding out that purpose. And that brings a whole new level to the idea of iron sharpening iron, that to be around others helps us even understand our purpose. And on top of that, too, sometimes we don't know when we're sinning, and being around others can help us know when that happens and also, too, how to find a game plan to help uh, get around that and and stop sinning and, and have a better plan of action towards our spiritual growth. Now, these 2020 events surrounding COVID have undoubtedly changed our lives, and it has helped us look in our life groups at a completely new context, this new normal. If we were to prepare a garden, for example, well, first we got to till the land, right? That helps us break up the roots and the weeds. It helps aerate the soil. You know, it helps basically uh, get rid of that or break up those, um, resurface those big rocks that would prevent us from having our crops to flourish. In other words, it helps prepare our soil for the seeds that we're about to sow. Well, between the lockdowns and working from home, some folks have not been meeting with friends and associates for six months or more, depending on their situation. And for those who are energized by being around others, this can take a toll on the spirit. While on the other end of the social spectrum, even extroverts are finding themselves retracting from relationships and they might not even know why. This spiritual impact of this cultural new normal, it's tilled our hearts, kind of like how we till the land of a garden. It's tilled our hearts in a way that allows us to be more aware of the value of relationships 
that we need to have in our lives now more than ever and be ready to receive the benefits of transformative relationships. Our life group ministry is, is primed to positively impact our community in a tremendous way. And in some ways, I think we've become rather relationally starved this year. Because of this, I think that the transformational relationships we're about to happen this fall are going to be some of the most powerful, amazing relationships that we'll ever have in our life group ministry to date. Joining a life group for some is as normal as going to work, where they've just made it a part of their lives. It's just simply something that they do every week, and it's just they've built that into schedule. And calling on a life group leader or a fellow life group member is like calling on a family member. That's just simply, that's part of life. And, and we celebrate that because that's, that's, I'm, that, that's the ideal, wonderful place where we would love our life group minister to be. And then there might be some other folks who have joined a life group once or twice, and maybe they enjoyed their experience, but you know, that, that was enough for them and they're good for now. Or maybe they joined a life group once and they didn't have as good of an experience and they came to a decision that being in a life group wasn't for them. If, if I could just address these last two groups just really briefly for a moment here, I just want to encourage you that there is a life group out there that will feel like family when you join it. And you'll know it when you join it. It just feels right. And it's kind of like if, how if we quit a job or if we get let go from a job, we get back up on the horse. We, we find the next job because we know that the value of having a job is worth it for the benefit in our lives. Or if we're in a relationship, right? We break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. We don't say, oh, that was one bad relationship. I must not be meant for any relationships for the rest of my life. No, you, you work in faith and you try to find that one person that is going to be your soulmate and marry them. Right? We're persistent in trying again because of that value. It's just like that for a life group. The value of a life group to have in our lives is just as strong. And sometimes, even for some folks, even stronger. If it's been a little while since you've tried a life group out, I invite you to take a look at our family of life groups. And I'm confident that you'll find something. We have, as Sean Terry had mentioned in our announcements, a group for everybody, for sure. So there are folks that are excited to join life groups. Then there's folks who are maybe reconsidering the possibility of joining a life group again. And then there's another group of individuals I was hoping to speak to really briefly was maybe the groups of individuals who uh, have not tried to join a life group yet before. And joining a life group is a really big decision, especially if it's for the first time. That 168 hours a week that I mentioned before, to make the choice to shift some of those hours that you already have budgeted to something else and reallocate them towards growing in Christ among other believers. That's a huge decision that we don't take that decision lightly and we honor that decision and we respect it. And you may be prayerfully thinking right now that it's time to join a life group. I feel it. It's time. But you may not yet be sure to know which kind of group to join. If I can make a suggestion, I suggest that you try out a sermon discussion group that we've got here at CCC. And these are a new type of group. And this is where the group gets together to take a deeper dive into the sermon that was discussed the previous Sunday and to also discuss the deeper topics that we've got in our culture today. And not only can anyone join a sermon discussion group and, and attend at any time, right? You don't miss anything if you miss the first week because we're only talking about the previous Sunday sermon, so you can even join partway into the semester if you'd like. But anyone can also even lead a group like this as well, because we provide the questions in advance for our life group leaders. Even youth and young adult people can lead a sermon discussion group. And 
I dare say that even non-believers could lead a sermon discussion group. And you might even find that surprising for me to say that, but you know, how is it different from, let's say, a few non-believers getting together at a restaurant uh, after walking out of the sanctuary here and talking about the sermon that the pastor just spoke about in the sermon a few minutes ago, or in the, yeah, in the sermon a few minutes ago. Except in this case, we give the prepared questions, we give the on-the-job support, we give the sort of system to help that person, and we know who they are, right, so we can follow up with them if indeed they're um, leading that group. So it's actually better that way. I'm part of a global small group network where other small group point people, uh, like myself, are connected in this network, and thousands like myself, we share stories and strategies about how life group ministry is, is going right now in the world. And believe it or not, the churches that are inviting the non-believers um, into this parts of these conversations, they're the ones that are experiencing this growth. You know, I heard a story of a life group director where he was baptizing a new believer, and he asked the new believer, hey, who's your life group leader? We just want to give a shout out to them. And the person who was getting baptized said, I'm the life group leader. <laughs> How incredible is that, that the person getting baptized was the life group leader? It's because they had a system in place where they weren't afraid to invite non-believers to the table to have these discussions and to allow the Holy Spirit to pierce the hearts of these individuals through a prayerfully crafted framework that was set up to support them and follow up with them and love on them. You know, we say we want growth and revival like what was experienced in Acts 2. And if this is true, this means that we're approaching the new normal here. In other words, it's a way of looking at things in a completely different way to find out where the Lord is leading us. Similar to how Paul was urging us to do to proclaim the message in 2 Timothy 4 and 2. You know, this generation of millennials and Gen Zers, this younger generation that's rising up, they're exploring their faith in different ways than the other, older generations And in order for us to make connections with them, we've got to acknowledge this and respect that and strive to understand it. You know, some of the older generations, we have this sort of mindset to display that, you know, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you get involved, you earn your right to be a part of the team, and you get it done. Well, today's younger generations, however, they're operating off of more hands-on approach where they discover and work out their faith in the moment through action and getting involved. They require a faith that is concrete, tangible, relevant, right now, and able to be applied today. If the younger generations, if they're not given a chance to test drive the Christian faith, they're just going to spend their energy and their time elsewhere. That's just the reality of the fact. Not because they don't believe in God. They believe in God, they'll say, but they may not know what that looks like because they were never given the chance to try it out. If I can borrow from Leonard Ravenhill one more time, he says, that the world is not waiting for a new definition of the gospel, but for a new demonstration of the power of the gospel. When we invite others to taste and see, the Holy Spirit will be faithful. He will move powerfully within the hearts of those who are earnestly seeking questions, sorry, asking questions and seeking out the person of Jesus Christ. And I believe that our younger generations are doing that. So if you're not sure what group to try out, join a sermon discussion group. We've got a few handful of different options available for you, and they meet at different times. Some of them are even meeting online as well. 
Or if you've got two or three friends and you think you're interested in hosting a sermon discussion group, where we'll hand you the questions. So all you have to do is just get together with your friends and, and walk through the guide that we give for you. Uh, we'd love to have you part of our life group leader family. And if you want, you can keep your group private. You don't have to have it publicly listed on the website if you want to keep it just with your two or three friends. That's okay. Just let me know. You can email me at lifegroups at cccsterling.org or just simply approach me here after the service here, and I'd love to chat with you. And again, just to register, so you go to our website, cccsterling.org, and you'll find the Life Group button. You'll click on that. You'll see the whole list of catalog of, of all the public groups that we have available for you to register for. You, you find which one fits you. And then there's another button that says, click here to register. So you, you, you click there, and, you, and then you pick the group that you want to register for, and then you're all done. And then your Life Group leader will reach out to you in a couple of days as well. So, um, and also too, if you, if you uh, would like to have any assistance in registering, uh, feel free to, reg- uh, to, to visit us at the Next Steps desk right outside. So, but it's been an honor and pleasure of being with you, for being with you today, this morning, and I'd love to wrap up with some prayer. Lord God, we uh, come before you today. We're so excited to see what you have in store for us in our life groups this fall. Uh, we thank you so much for this wonderful church community that we can even have life groups and meet together. And we see Acts, Lord, when we understand that the movement of the church calls for movement of the Spirit, and we invite the Spirit to come into our life group ministry here. And we don't have fear of where we might be called to go in this new season of this church to to look at church in sort of this new normal way of, of trying to understand what you have in store for us. We pray that our hearts are tilled and ready for the next step that you have for us, whether it might be to try out uh, a new life group or once again or, or register for a life group at the same time or for the first time, Lord. Lord, we just pray that all those grace core components of our faith here at CCC are instilled within our day-to-day lives, God, that it leads to an overall spiritual, strong immune system, Lord. And uh, Lord, we just are so thankful for all the blessings that you give us every day. And we pray this all in your son's precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, everybody, so much. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.